on this episode of JP Sports Talk. It is a brand new decade. Happy 2020, everybody. But we are still in the midst of what is considered the 2019 NFL season as we are now entering the playoffs. I have bets for all four of the games and predictions for the entire NFL playoffs as we start off this podcast. Also, have a very special guest who will be joining me at the end of the show. It's my dad, the one and only Jerry Pora, will be with me talking a little bit of uh, Astro situation. He wanted to rant on that for a little bit, as well as discussing the New York Yankees offseason. And it's all coming up right now on this episode of JP Sports Talk. Happy New Year. Happy 2020. It is Friday, January 3rd. Boy, we are ready to take the new year by storm. We are going to be firing out at least two episodes a week here on JP Sports Talk. I am zoning in for 2020. I'm very excited. Have my first ever guest on the podcast today. Granted, it's my dad, but it's a very interesting conversation. We have a few laughs talking a little bit of baseball, but it's a good time. I encourage you to stay in towards the end of the show. But I'm going to kick things off solo right now, getting into the NFL. And man, I have to start with a prediction I made on the last episode a couple weeks ago that I wholeheartedly regret and I have to kill the quarterback that I regretfully put my faith in for Monday Night Football back in week 16. And that's Kirk Cousins. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins, Kirk Cousins. I don't know what was wrong with me that day when I said that I believed in Kirk Cousins, where I said maybe Kirk Cousins was maybe turning a corner. I think he could beat the Green Bay Packers. I think the Vikings could win the NFC North. I think this, I think that, I think the world of this guy. I was so stupid going against everything that I believe in that Kirk Cousins is a fraud that Kirk Cousins can never show up in any of the clutch moments that Kirk Cousins can succeed when the lights are on him boy oh boy am I dumb worst record in Monday Night Football history now and the Minnesota Vikings are the sixth seed in the NFC and they are going to have to go to the Superdome and get embarrassed by the New Orleans Saints. And I mean embarrassed. Drew Brees is playing the best football I think of his career. Michael Thomas is on another level in terms of receiving. Basically on any third down, you could throw the ball in his direction. Two, three guys on him, doesn't matter. He'll make the play if it's anywhere near him. Alvin Kamara is different in the backfield. And this defense is really starting to turn it up. I think the Saints are going to blitz Kirk Cousins and the Minnesota Vikings standalone game wild card weekend Kirk Cousins oh my 
goodness. It's a shame because the Vikings have so much talent around him. Two excellent wide receivers. A sensational running back that who knows if he's going to be playing on Sunday in Dalvin Cook. A very, very good, good defense with solid coaching. All just to get blown out in the Superdome on Wild Card Weekend. What a shame, what a shame. Kirk Cousins never failed to amaze me. Now before I get into my full playoff prediction and all the bets for Wild Card Weekend, let's talk a little bit about Black Monday. And I guess it turned into the entire week because Jason Garrett only just got fired or not has been announced not part of the Dallas Cowboy plans when, you know, he just, they mutually parted ways. Jerry Jones just isn't going to resign him after his contract has officially expired. But thank goodness for me as a New York Giants fan, Pat Shermer is gone. We see that Freddie Kitchens is gone. He was gone before. Monday even started. Ron Rivera is now officially the coach of the Washington Redskins. And it's all starting to happen. The coaching vacancies are large. And we are ready for the interview parts and the segments. Now, here's what I have to say. I have to say that The Browns job, in my opinion, is the most sought after job, in my opinion, because I think they have by far the most talent of any roster that is, has a head coaching vacancy. Um, You know, it, it is a dumpster fire there. John Dorsey is out and the owners, the Haslam's aren't very good. It's going to be very tricky in terms of fitting in, trying to find a good fit. But they have a young quarterback in Baker Mayfield, who I believe has talent. He is accurate. Yes, he needs to really start focusing way more on football um, as opposed to doing the progressive commercials and, you know, uh, chirping at fans in the tunnel. He needs to stop doing that. But they have two top-tier wide receivers, two top-tier running backs, a lot of skilled players on the defensive end. They are loaded, and I think they could really make some noise in the AFC that is far less talented than the NFC. I think that is the job that if I'm a Mike McCarthy, who at this point is maybe the most sought-after head coach outside of maybe Urban Meyer, maybe Lincoln Riley, That is where I would choose to go as opposed to the other franchises that have uh, vacancies. Those being the New York Giants and the Carolina Panthers. I'd probably put the Giants second because they have the quarterback. They don't have to worry about... I mean, they have to develop Daniel Jones because he's not nearly where you want him to be down the line. He's going to be in his second year. But they have their guy. Daniel Jones is the guy in New York. And I think he made that pretty certain down the stretch of this season. Carolina Panthers don't know who their quarterback is. They're going to have to deal with whatever's going on with Cam Newton. 
Do you try out Will Greer? Do you want to stick with Kyle Allen? Do you draft a quarterback? And that division is loaded. I mean, the Saints aren't slowing down. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers finished a very, uh, you know, surprising 7-9. and nine. The Atlanta Falcons got hot down the stretch. And who knows what happens with them next season. They have a ton of talent. And that's going to be a challenging place to succeed in Carolina. And Ron Rivera, a very good coach, he's probably going to turn things around in Washington now, especially that general manager Bruce Allen is going to be let go. So who really knows how good the Panthers roster really is and if any coach can really succeed there, even though Ron Rivera got them to a Super Bowl. It's going to be tough to see. It's going to be very interesting to see how the coaching carousel goes as the season goes on. And now, something else that I have to say, because I think I kind of maybe forgot about it. I know the Browns are the job that I think is the most enticing. The Dallas Cowboys, the pressure that comes with being the head coach of the Dallas Cowboys is insurmountable. I mean... Uh, Jason Garrett has the camera on him all the time and he just looks like a blabbing idiot just clapping on the sidelines. Just doesn't even say any words. And we only know that because he is the coach of the Dallas Cowboys. And that's going to be anyone in that position who is going to be criticized for how they look on the sidelines, what they're doing, how they interact with the players. Cleveland's Cleveland. You don't get talked about that much in Cleveland. That's for the over-flashy players that are there that are going to bring the news. But in Dallas, America's team, it's tough. And Jason Garrett is a bad coach. I think any one of these candidates that we keep hearing about would be an upgrade, that being the uh, Urban Meyer, Lincoln Riley, Matt Rule, Greg Roman, Robert Sala. They would be upgrades. However, I don't think people are really gnawing at the bit to deal with all that pressure that Jerry Jones is going to put on, that the media is going to put on. If the owner of the team is having post-game interviews about you every single game in the alley of the stadium, that's tough. It's very tough. So my rankings would go Cleveland, Dallas, New York, Carolina. That would be me. If I were in the head coaching carousel and I were interviewing for these jobs, and trust me, that's not happening anytime soon. But i that's how I would rank my options because I think the Browns have more talent than Dallas and and they they really can make some noise in the AFC that doesn't have nearly the talent that the NFC does. All right. Let's talk playoffs. Let's start with my best bets of the weekend before I get into my full playoff prediction. The first game of the weekend, the Bills at the Texans. Texans, two and a half point favorites at home. Will Fuller uh, availability, very up in the air. I think that plays a huge part, but no matter what, the only bet that I really love in this game is the under 43 and a half. Uh, the Bills are going to make the Texans earn every single point. And Josh Allen is not battle-tested to the point where we really know what he's going to do in the playoffs, how he's going to deal with being in the road stadium. It's going to be a loud stadium in Houston. 
Uh, Deshaun Watson performs in the clutch, but again, this is a very good defense they're going up against. Uh, J.J. Watt will be playing for the Houston Texans to put pressure on Josh Allen, who's going to have to make some big plays in this game. Under at 43 is my best bet for that game. Titans-Patriots. Patriots five-point favorites in Gillette. I'm tempted to take the under in this game too, but I'm going to go a little on the edge. I'm going to take the Titans plus five. I think the Patriots win this game outright. I'll you know, get to that a little bit later, but I think the Titans have the ability to make it close. The Patriots aren't a great run defensive team, and I think Derrick Henry is who claimed the rushing title this year is explosive to the point where he can break some tackles, make big plays, take the pressure off of Ryan Tannehill, and they'll really be able to move the ball and keep this game close. I really don't think the Patriots are that good. I know that we're in the playoffs now and it's a different animal when you talk about Brady and Belichick, but I really think the Titans keep it close. Patriots win but not more than five points. Going into Sunday, NFC wildcard side, Saints are minus seven and a half right now. I love that line. I take the Saints minus seven and a half, maybe by the half point, the hook, and make it minus seven. The Saints will win this game by more than a touchdown. I've lost all my faith in Kirk Cousins. I don't think he'll be able to perform in the Super Bowl dome in a big spot in the postseason Drew Brees been there done that Michael Thomas he's an animal Alvin Kamara is an animal this defense is starting to play up to par they're gonna blow him out they're already thinking about the Green Bay Packers hardest game on the board Seahawks at Philly Seahawks opened up at minus two and a half down to minus one and a half and it's not favored over the Eagles line another line where I'm gonna take the under at 40 five points the Seahawks offensive line is shot uh their running back committee is shot I know they have Marshawn Lynch now who's exciting and uh Homer played pretty well in his first game uh last weekend against the 49ers which is a terrific game by the way I'm tempted to take the Seahawks I'll take them to win the game I don't feel comfortable to the point where I think that's the best bet on the board. The Eagles still don't have any real weapons. Seahawks defense is stingy and good. We saw the Eagles hold the Cowboys a couple weekends ago. I like the under at 45 points. So those are my best bets for wildcard weekend. Now let's get into my full playoff prediction. I'm going to take the Bills to beat the Texans in an upset. I don't love it, but I think it's going to happen. I think that they'll be able to hold the Texans because their defense is so good. Second best defense in terms of total defense in the entire league. And I think they'll be able to pull off the upset in Houston. I'm going to take the Patriots to beat the Titans in a very close game, probably by a field goal. Uh, I already mentioned that I think the Saints are going to beat the Vikings in a blowout. And I think the Seahawks win a very close game in Philly. The Seahawks have been so good on the road this year. Russell Wilson has been so good on the road this year. And I think Philly is shot. I don't even know if they deserve to be here because of how poor that division is. They don't deserve the home game nonetheless. And I take the Seahawks to win a very close game in Philadelphia. Now, 
advancing to the divisional round, I like uh, the Ravens to beat the Bills. You know, we saw this game. It was a very close game in the regular season. The Ravens are going to be rested. It's two weeks rest for Lamar Jackson. Those legs are going to be feeling fresh. I think he's going to run all over the field. I think the Bills just aren't going to be able to keep up offensively because that offense is on such a roll right now. I'm going to take the Chiefs to beat the Patriots. They did it in Gillette earlier this year, and now the game's going to be shifting to Arrowhead. Again, same thing. They get that first round bye, and I think Patrick Mahomes is ready to take that next leap, and it's going to set up a very entertaining AFC championship. Now, on the other side, I have an upset. I think it'll wind up being an upset on the books. I like the Saints to beat the Packers in Lambeau. Drew Brees, not a great quarterback in the cold, but man, I just don't buy into this Green Bay team. Maybe I should because of what they did to the Vikings, who I was high on entering that game, but they barely pulled out a win against the Detroit Lions. I know home field advantage is a huge deal for Green Bay, but I think the Saints are the second hottest team in the league right now behind the Baltimore Ravens, and the Chiefs not far behind the Saints. But I think Drew Brees is still angry about what happened last year. The Minneapolis miracle was a year before that. I think him and Sean Payton are angry, and they're going to they're gonna will themselves to win this game in Green Bay. And I think the 49ers beat the Seahawks to cap off the trilogy of that matchup this year. Man, they played two insanely close games. Neither of them could have really been any closer. But the game goes back to Levi's Stadium in San Francisco. They have the bye. The Seahawks traveling from Philly to San Fran after playing all these weeks in a row while the Seahawks, well, the Niners are well rested. It's going to be another really, really, really close game. But I think the Niners have some of the best talent in the league. And I'm going to pick them to win that game. AFC Championship, Baltimore, Kansas City. Oh man, this is a really hard one. But I like the Ravens. I think the Ravens are so hot. The game's going to be in Baltimore. It's going to be a shootout. I'm going to love the over in that game. I just don't know if this Chiefs defense is going to be able to keep up with Lamar Jackson. And the Ravens lost to the Chiefs earlier this season. I think Jim Harbaugh is going to be able to scout the difference. Excuse me, John Harbaugh is going to be able to scout the differences, uh, make the right decisions, call the right plays in what is going to be a hell of a shootout. I think the Ravens are going to edge out the Kansas City Chiefs. Saints-Niners, this was the game of the regular season, came down to the very last drive. I'm taking the Saints to come back and win this game, uh, redeem themselves after what happened last year. Um, You know, in my opinion, it's just a matter of Drew Brees versus Jimmy Garoppolo because there's a lot of similarities between these teams. Maybe the Niners have more talent, but when it comes down to who has the ball last, who's going to make the big play at the quarterback position, I'd much rather have Drew Brees right now than Jimmy G, and I think he'll be able to win this game with all the lights on him in championship weekend. Now this sets up a terrific Super Bowl. Uh, John Harbaugh, Lamar Jackson, and the Baltimore Ravens up against Sean Payton, Drew Brees, New Orleans Saints in Miami. 
Does Lamar Jackson cap off the miraculous year? I'm going to take him to do so. I think the Ravens win another very high-scoring game in Lamar Jackson's second year at 22 years old. Yes, I think that the Ravens will win the Super Bowl. They are so hot right now. I have to go with my gut. I've been riding the Saints throughout these NFC playoffs in a few tough games, but I think the Ravens are just on another level this year, and they are determined. They have the right attitude, and I think they're going to do it. They're going to win the whole damn thing, the Ravens over the Saints in this year's Super Bowl. Switch up. Switch up. Joining me now is a very special guest, uh, someone who has definitely a lot to say regarding the world of sports, big Yankee fan, Giants fan, just like myself. It's my father, Mr. Jerry Pora. Hello, hello. Nice to be here. <laughs> How we doing? <laughs> I'm doing great. All right. So I know you got a lot on your mind. We're going to talk a little bit of Yankees, but let's start with something I know it's definitely aggravating you a little bit. Uh, get something off your chest. The Houston Astros. I brought it up once this podcast started originating when it was a lot more relevant and everything was just coming out a few months ago with the Houston Astros now currently under investigation with Major League Baseball for stealing signs and cheating in 2017 from what we know of. And there was a lot more going on since then. Uh, There's been multiple emails leaked, uh, over thousands of them. And now they are under investigation. We don't know what the punishment is now. So I'll just kind of let you go for a second and uh, tell me what's on your mind. I need to know what this punishment's going to be. All right. I think everyone does. But it's, 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 I don't understand. You want to know what I don't get? What don't you get? All right. So steroids. <laughs> what? I take it back to wait, steroids. Wait, wait, wait. I take wait, it back wait. to steroids. What does that mean? So when these guys started doing steroids and... Not endorsing it, but it made baseball exciting. It was the last time baseball was known to be exciting to me, in my opinion. Oh, boy. All right? So the whole world went to hell when they started doing steroids. So now you got these guys that are legitimately cheating the game, really cheating, more than the steroids guys, and nothing's happening. I don't think anything's going to happen to these guys. Okay, so I understand... Your point to a sense where, look, I'm someone personally who believes that these players that have done steroids and even if they've been caught or not should be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Like baseball history is not where it is without Barry Bonds, without Alex Rodriguez, without Roger Clemens. That's right. Even, and I know it's a completely different story. Pete Rose is the greatest hitter we've ever seen and he's not going to be allowed in the Hall of Fame. Let him in too. Right. And those are people that while maybe enhancing what they've been putting on the field, to your credit, has made baseball exciting. Now, I understand that a punishment needs to happen. I more have a problem with that it needs to happen right now. This process is being delayed way too much. We see punishments in the NBA, in the NFL, get solved like that. That's right. And we are not seeing anything. Commissioner Manfred hasn't said anything. You want to know why? Why? Because he's waiting for it to go away, which it did. The story came out and it went away and no one even is talking about it, honestly, unless you look for it on websites. Um, and this little side note about Pete Rose, he bet for his team 
So I think he tried even harder to win. How do you like that one? I'm Look, I'm 100% in agreement with you. You have no disagreements on Pete Rose, but that's another story for another day. Let's get to some... That's been more in the news as of recently. We are in the process of the MLB hot stove. A lot has gone down with our New York Yankees. Obviously, Garrett Cole is the big thing that happened, and I believe that it was a good contract. They had to outbid everybody. They gave the year that the Angels and the Dodgers didn't. But there's a lot of other questionable moves, in my opinion, that have been made, and I just want to see where you stand in terms of those moves that were being made. Yeah, definitely happy about Cole. That happened too late. They should have been getting these guys at least every other year, a guy like Cole. Yeah, but but there aren't many players like Garrett Cole. I mean, he probably should have won the Cy Young Award this year. He was a top three pitcher in baseball. You know, it's tough. And we took him him. away from those scumbag (laughs) Astros that are now considered a top rival. That's right, a top rival. But now that they're not going to be banging on plates in the dugout anymore, I don't think they'll be able to hit any of these guys. What do you think about that, especially that little Jose Altuve? And let me tell you back to that real quick. Jose Altuve, he's only good because he cheats, and he has the smallest strike zone known to man, and he knows exactly where that is. So okay. I'm just putting that out there. Okay. I'm sick of him too. But yeah, no, the Garrett Cole thing's great. I love him. I think uh, I'm just talking about in the past, like having Paxton and Hap, getting guys like that, second-rate guys, didn't do us any good, I don't mm-hmm. think. Now Paxton going to be working as the fourth starter. I mean, that's exactly where he belongs on in terms of a championship rotation. You got that right. Right where he belongs. I like it. I think Severino's underrated, too. I think he's going to have a big bounce-back year, too. And Tanaka's a big playoff pitcher, so I'm excited about this. Yeah, so the rotation is definitely solidified, especially when it comes playoff time. But looking at some of the other moves that were made, the biggest thing that I have a problem with, and I didn't want to show my Yankee bias and just rant about the New York Yankees alone on the podcast. I'll do that. But when... Brian Cashman obviously made the big splash in Garrett Cole. That was the Galactico signing. That's what everybody wanted. That's what the team needed. Got it. A+. They let Didi Gregorius walk for $14 million. Hate that. And Brett Gardner was re-signed for $2 million less. Don't get it. I put, I'd rather have Didi Gregorius in the outfield <laughs> than have Brett Gardner anywhere on this team anymore. I'm done with him. I mean, Brett Gardner, to his credit, had a very good year last year. Yeah, sure he did. And he's the veteran leader. There aren't many veterans that are still tagging along with the team, especially now that CeCe Sabathia is no longer going to be suiting up. But Didi Gregorius brings a lot to the table. He signed a short-term deal in Philadelphia. Probably could have got the same thing with the Yankees. He was one of those players that you could say was the heart and soul of the team. Everyone kind of rallied around him when he was injured in the beginning of the year. Then he came back. He had that big hit in the playoffs against the Twins a couple years ago. He is a guy that was beloved on this team. And while Brett Gardner, I'm sure he has a lot of that in him as well he's definitely not as good of a player long term and the outfield in my opinion is solidified they have Aaron Hicks on this team Aaron Judge on this team those are guys aren't that aren't going away this team still refuses to trade Clint Frazier and Clint Frazier has shown signs of excellence he could start in the outfield this year at the beginning of 2019 I don't know what it is with Clint Frazier I don't know why they hate this man they don't want him on the team. It's and they it's don't obvious. Get rid of him though, and they could get somebody for him, and they don't want to do that either. They just want him to rot away on his minor league team. They hate him, and I don't know why. I don't understand it either. And I mean, he's been look. He's a shaky fielder, but he hits the 
piss off the wall. And he does make good plays with his arms. So I feel like they have to give him more of an opportunity. Again, don't let him rot in the minors. Make teams not want him. And you still don't know what's happening with Miguel Andujar. If he's really going to be part of the infield, he's not a good fielder. He's been injured all season. I don't really understand. But one, a couple other things we got to talk about in terms of the Yankees. Austin Romine walks away. Awful. Because he would not be the starting catcher on this team. Awful. I know you have some very strong opinions regarding Gary Sanchez. Yeah, I do. <laughs> and I really do. This this guy, like, listen, Sanchez is good. All right, he's, he, uh, All-star he, in 2019. He, yeah, yeah, 34 home runs. I'm not into it. I don't get it. This guy always hits garbage. It seems like he always gets hits in garbage. Back to Clint Frazier, he seems like a clutch hitter. You put him in a okay. club. I'd rather have him than almost anyone else on the Yankees at the plate. Uh, almost anybody. Me. Top top four. Oh God. At the plate, who else is a clutch hitter besides Lemay, Hugh, Torres? Yes. Judge gets on judge, base. Judge is on it all up and down. But he Clint, gets on base. Cliff so, Frazier has yeah. that. Fear, he doesn't have that fear factor. I He's love not it. scared. Sanchez. I'm talking about. This guy gets home runs when they're winning ten to four or losing eleven to two. That's when he gets his home runs. This guy, Romine, seems to hit a double every time we need him in the clutch. I like him. He's a good catcher. I'm, t- I'm tired of everyone every time saying Sanchez. Oh, Sanchez is the best hitter on the team. I've been hearing this for three or four years yeah. now, and I don't see it. I'm sorry. I don't see it. If he is, it's only when the Yankees are winning by 16 runs. Well, I, to, I think that he still has a lot to prove because he is a younger player. And, I mean, the entire organization rallies around him. They don't want to trade him. They want to keep him. They think he's great. He's batting fifth or sixth every single game. It's the opposite of how they trent Clint Frazier, FYI. Right, but Clint (laughs) Frazier hasn't really proven as much at this point in time. He definitely got better defensively this year. He has a cannon behind the plate. So I err on the side of... I would have loved to have Austin Romine as the backup catcher, but Gary Sanchez needs to stay behind the plate at least one more year. And if he's crap in the bed, you got to get rid of him. It has to be one more year and that's it. This is it, I think. What do you think? This has to be the last This year. has to be the last yeah, year. Yeah, make or break because he has to step up. And we're talking Yankees World Series or bust this year oh, because God, of yeah. all the moves that they've made. And the American League has gone down in terms of talent. The Astros got worse by not signing Garrett Cole. Now they're talking about moving Carlos Correa. The only team that's really improved is the Angels. And the Angels aren't necessarily a threat. Maybe the Twins and the White Sox, but that division's garbage. The only big move that bothers me, bothers me to my core that I can't get over, they let Dylan Batanzas go to Queens. Awful. They let him go to Queens. They let him go to the Mets. Didn't give him anything. And look, this is a guy who has battled injuries all 2019. At the beginning of the year, he came back, almost immediately got injured once again. He only signed a one-year deal with the Mets. He's going to rehab there. And Mm -hmm. I understand the Yankees not giving him a short-term deal. But this is a guy who has been an anchor in that bullpen. Araldis Chapman keeps going on short deals. You don't really know. He's a right-handed pitcher that has nasty stuff. Yes, he does. Nasty. And they let him go to the Mets, who themselves are looking to make a run at the World Series this year. Well, I'm thinking like what you just said, basically. I'm saying like he's basically going to rehab this year with the Mets, get his value up. And you know where I think he's going to end up? Right back here, like Araldis Chapman did when they traded him to the Cubs at one time. Mm -hmm. So I could kind of deal with it. And if he is having a rehab year, maybe... uh, 
you know, that's better off he does it over there where they suck consistently and let them deal with it. And they're used to people underperforming over there. And we'll take them back. But uh, I think it's a big loss. And, uh, you know, they, they, they added something to their weaknesses by getting Cole. And then they took away one of their strengths by losing Batances. I don't really love that move either. Don't love it. And it's tough. Love but it. you know what? Now the starting rotation, maybe you get more innings out of these guys. The bullpen doesn't seem as important. So it's really all up in the air right now. It would be nice if Herman stopped... Uh, Hitting women, that'd yeah. be nice, and we get him right 63 back. 63 games. 63. All right, he'll be rested up. He'll Yikes. be good, I guess, in that way for us. But um, I'm happy otherwise. I think they have a good shot. Like you said, the Astros, uh, you know, now that they can't cheat anymore, I think we uh, moved up a notch in that book. I think you're going to find they won't even make the playoffs. How do you feel about that? Oh, boy. That's what I think. Yeah, I'm okay. Sorry. <laughs> hey, whatever you say, this is, this is your opportunity to rip. And I cannot wait. I really hope the Dodgers make it to the World Series again because I'd love to see, uh, what's his name, pitch against us uh, two or three games. And oh, maybe Kershaw? Even, I would love to see him out there. The best yeah. pitcher, supposedly, in quotes in baseball. Well, best pitcher of the decade, definitely. No. Three Cy Youngs. No. Three Cy Youngs and you, an MVP. What's, do you want to have that conversation too today? Or no? well, I don't I'm, know. I'm right here. Kershaw is garbage to me. In the playoffs. Uh, Anytime it matters. He's out there in L.A. winning games that uh, it's all nice and good, but I need clutch players. I don't want them. I don't know what the hell they did putting him in relief. That guy should have been fired on the spot. Oh, that was bad. Should have fired him on the spot. They were doing fine all year with their relief, with their closers. It's not like the starter of that game. I'm pretty sure it was Walker Buehler was pitching Poorly. It it doesn't matter if he was pitching poorly. He still did better than Kershaw did going in that game. And he's he's just a choke artist. He's not... I don't think he's... He's worthy of uh, being considered the best pitcher in baseball at any time, to be honest with you, that guy. All right. I mean... And the Dodgers are just like that, too. Whatever you say. Dodgers made two World Series. Three World Series in a row? Two? Three? They did. And and the best pitcher in baseball, again in quotes, choked them all away. They probably could have won a couple of those series. I'm just saying. Maybe you're right about that. I I mean, look, I trashed Kershaw after. I know you did. (laughs) He lost in in the playoffs this year against the Nationals. The Dodgers should have easily won that series. But instead, the Nationals won the World Series. So That's crazy, too, that they won. I know. That was unbelievable. But it was awesome. Because the Astros got to lose. Yes, it was. All right. uh, We're going to wrap up the show here. But um, you have any last thoughts? Want to give the listeners anything? I mean, I want to do this again. I need to. I need to raise my frustrations out. I mean, not a lot of people at work. They're getting tired of hearing me uh, complain and talk about all this. I, I feel like I need this. So outlet. am I. But now you're you're bringing it to my audience. I mean, I feel I feel I need this outlet, and I feel like uh, the world needs to hear my thoughts because this is insane. All right. Well, I think A Rod is getting screwed. Not getting in the Hall of Fame. Barry Bonds. Pete Rose. Any but Mark McGuire, these guys should all be up in arms about not getting in. That's all I have to say. All right. Well, thank you very much for leaving us on that note. And uh, thank you to everyone for listening. Be sure to uh, tune in next week. Tune in. I might be here or I might not. I don't know. All right. Probably not, but maybe. (laughs) We'll we'll leave that cliffhanger to go with everything. But thank you guys for listening. My songs as we go.